Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and today we're going to be going over many different topics, starting out uh, with our lasting thoughts from the Packers game and then getting into our Saints preview. Following that, we're going to be going over all of the Chicago Bears quarterback options, how Mitchell Trubisky has been playing right now. Uh, and just kind of taking an overall look at all of the options, draft, free agency, trade that could be available to the Chicago Bears and our thoughts on each of the respective players. Finally, we're going to be wrapping up the show with a brief talk on the current status of the Bears front office and some rumors that have been circling around lately that there may in fact be a restructuring coming. But before we get into the show, guys, please, we want to ask you, uh, leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts. If you do that, we're going to give you guys a shout out on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate every single person who does that. It helps us out tremendously, helps us create better content for you guys going forward, and just really lets us know what you guys like and dislike about the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and bear down. That was the sound of a Miller Lite. We are not sponsored by Miller Lite, unfortunately. Hello, guys. What's up? Uh, welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. You can always count on us for an awkward intro. Uh, today, I'm with Reese. Reese, how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, you know, I'm a playoff. I'm a podcaster for a playoff football team right now. So it's a very exciting days. You know, we definitely very much earned this. You know, playoff spot 100. percent We did not. You know make it in off the backs of another team you know eight and eight eight <laughs> and eight <laughs> say it loud and proud you know Re- really i have to think that this is all our doing honestly i think the bears would have really struggled if we weren't super hard on matt Nagy. gave him that motivation uh we can talk about all we want about those losers at companies like the athletic and you know cbs chicago doesn't matter they're they're nobody's compared to us right now yeah. you know we are on top of the world right now yeah, that that goes without saying. I mean, all those other people, like you said, our athletic. listeners already know that. What? Our listeners already know that. Oh, yeah. You know, they all already right. know that we're on top of the world. Oh, a hundred percent. We're definitely, you know, since the day we came on, we've been the best Bears podcasters, really the best podcasters in general. But as far as the Bears go, I mean, easily the cream of the crop. Yeah, I mean, so honestly, truthfully, uh, so was the Truth Football Podcast <laughs> where we came from. For a lot of people who don't know, that was absolutely a perfect podcast we ended up actually selling it to apple and now uh they've turned that into something else we don't know what that is now uh but yeah about 300 million viewers every week but all right uh let's get back to this podcast anyways guys uh man this is an interesting week because i was weirdly excited but weirdly also upset because the chicago bears did in fact lose to the green bay packers but somehow managed to clinch a playoff seed against, in my opinion, a team that's substantially worse than the Green Bay Packers, which is the the Saints. So I mean, Reese, how how is this how is this past game sitting with you? You know, I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessarily sitting particularly well. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of uneasiness with this team right now, just because the the way things have worked out defensively, kind of where the state of this defense is. I think, um, you know. There's uh, some questionable, you know, schemes, play calls by Chuck Pagano in the in the past few weeks, you know, really over the course of the year. But they really became evident these past few weeks. And then also, you know, the injuries are really starting to hamper that defense. I mean, you know, they are still a good group overall. But, you know, 
it's hard to not acknowledge, you know, that Roquan Smith going down severely impacted, you know, the Packers game and that, you know, having Duke. Hold Shell. on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. I sorry to interrupt. This is really important. I just want to make it clear. I don't typically drink Miller Lite. That is just uh, I just I got it because <laughs> of the Bears. You know, it's been a tradition of mine for a couple of years now uh, to have one on week 17 and now all i could find was a 12 pack last week uh typically i'm more of a modelo person um but but, sorry reese continue (laughs) we understand that you're too high class for that kind of life but you know that's also gonna ruin any kind of shot that we had with actually getting that sponsorship so you know good 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 going there but um you know what was i gonna say um basically you know the injuries are definitely hurting the defense i mean no question having Duke Shelley on Devontae Adams and, you know, basically having Duke Shelley covering a lot of these Packers wide receivers was, was not a good matchup. And, you know, it was, uh, it was tough to watch Rogers pick apart the defense once again, you know, especially cause you know, I feel like defense is something that we hold so close to our heart here in Chicago, but, uh, you know, the offense is getting, is still okay, but they really need to start turning those field goals into, into touchdowns if they really want to, to advance in these playoffs. I mean, this is when you need to be playing at your best. And, you know, the Bears definitely weren't at their best uh, this past week against the Packers. Yeah, you know, honestly, over the past week, I've really been thinking about this past Bears loss. And a consistent question that kept popping in my head is like, why is this Bears defense struggling so much this year? Like, what what is different? Like, even struggling more than the 2019 year. And we had the addition of Jalen Johnson and, you know, obviously Roquan Smith has been playing miles better than what he's played in the past. And then I thought about it. I was like, damn, we're really playing with like half the defense. Like we're not playing full strength whatsoever. I was like, you know, we lost Eddie Goldman at the beginning of the year. That was a huge hit for run defense. Okay. Then we lost Roy Robertson Harris. Then we lose Jalen Johnson. Then we lose, you know, Roquan Smith. I was like, okay, that is like, four players Bilal Nichols now has to play the nose tackle the position he's not as good at and it you kind of see where these issues are coming from but at the end of the day there were still in this past game such so many terrible play calls from Chuck Pagano and I'm not even going to put this on Matt Nagy we can talk about Matt Nagy in a little bit but from Chuck Pagano why like specifically the play call that occurred on the play that ended up being you know it, it ended up being a delay of game that didn't get called, but still that defensive play call to blitz Rogers on that play. It's just like, how, how many times are you going to need to recognize that that's just not very effective. And oftentimes that's how the Packers get a lot of their explosive plays is off of the blitz. It's almost as if the game plan, similar to Matt Nagy earlier in the year, it's almost as if the game plan is the same week after week. What I don't, I don't understand what the issue is. I don't understand why Chuck Pagano isn't putting guys like Eddie Jackson in better positions so that they can succeed. I don't understand why we are not converting these big plays that we used to convert. It just seems like there is just something missing. And you know, at the end of the day, when you think about it, it's just a coach. At the, you know, no matter what happens this year, if we lose this next game, if we win this next game, hell, even if we go to the Super Bowl, I think Chuck Pagano should be fired. I, I don't think Chuck Pagano has done enough with this talent that this team has. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, we were spoiled with fans, Joe. We honestly were. I think that, you know, a lot of us Bears mm-hmm. fans like to kind of reference back, harken back to, you know, especially that 2018 year, which was such a special defense. But, you know, he was even doing his thing, you know, before that when he didn't quite have the, the same personnel, you know, the great players like Khalil Mack, you know. Uh, but against the Packers, I mean, especially in that 2018 year, they were able to disrupt them. They had the Packers, you know, on the mm-hmm. rails, you know, had Aaron Rodgers guessing at some points. I mean, and one of them, they knocked with them out. With worse players, may that, may I add. Right. And then, you know, with Pagano, it's, you know, Rodgers is picking, picking his scheme apart, you know. I mean, it was clear. I mean, Rodgers did not have any issues working through that defense. And, yes, you know, I get that having Josh Woods in for Roquan Smith is a, is a huge replacement. I mean, you know, Josh Woods was a reason why a couple of, you know, those big plays were had, you know, easily a touchdown mm-hmm. was had, um, you know, but at the same time, I mean, this is, that's Pagano's job is he needs to understand his personnel and he needs to go out there and, you know, when Josh Woods, Duke Shelley, Kendall Vilder are in the game, he needs to do his best to possibly mask any weaknesses that they have. And, and maybe it's just too much to manage and maybe we're asking too much of him, but you know, it's just such an odd turnaround for, you know, we expected the defense to really lead this team. And it did for what, you know, probably the first eight to 10 games of the season. You know, they're definitely what kept this team afloat. You know, even during the losing streak, the defense looked good. But now, I mean, it's definitely a different story. And you we have to live with the injuries that we have. I mean, that, you know, simply put, you know, that's how it goes. And, you know, every team at this point in the year, you know, every team in the playoffs is, you know, has someone on that injury list that they would like to have back that could be, you know, a part of their game plan. And, you know, for the Bears defense, it's just gonna, it's gonna be tough for them to recover. And, you know, I think you and I feel the same way on that. So I think in the Packers game with the offense, I think you and I can also both agree that, you know, if they go out there and they score some of those touchdowns in the first half, you know, it's definitely a much closer game. I mean, the Packers game wasn't really out of reach until the fourth quarter. And it's just about execution. I think it was the execution that went mm-hmm. down. I think, you know, what the kind of play calling, you know, the kind of, of game flow that, you know, Bill Lazor had as far as, you know, pounding the ball is something that I need to keep doing against the saints. I mean, they're going to need to stick and, and, and live and die with running the football and, you know, Trubisky, I think, is just going to be managed, and we're going to see a lot of what we saw back in this Packers game, except, you know, hopefully we can open it up a little bit more against the Saints team, but we can get into that later. I think defensively, this Saints team is going to be a little bit easier to handle than this Packers team, just because you can rely... Like, Drew Brees has been a great quarterback throughout his career, but he's clearly not the same guy he used to be even a couple years ago, you know? He's, he's definitely fault... He's definitely kind of, you know he's developed some of his own faults, right? He He's developed some of his own issues and that is, you know, what the Saints have to deal with and they've been doing a good job with him too. Uh, he's definitely been doing more than enough for them uh, to be a successful team. That being said, he, you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. He's, he's pretty significantly below Aaron Rodgers in my opinion. And uh, he's coming up upon a probable retirement uh, pretty soon. So it's not like we're going to have all this pressure to beat this quarterback. Really, it's going to be beating the, you know, entire team, which I think is almost the type of 
teams that the Bears play better against. They they do not tend to play great against teams with great quarterbacks. It's more teams that are just, you know, kind of built around the quarterback they do better with because they can maybe, you know, maybe be a little bit more passive in the way that they blitz and and there's not as much pressure at the line of scrimmage per se. So, you know, I, I do think that we will see the, the Bears defense take a step up this week. Uh, hopefully, we have healthy Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith. I mean, that's going to be instrument, instrumental, and we'll talk about that later. But at, at least we can know that, you know, the real painful defensive performance, the, the two this year, are, are over for us. Yeah, and you know what? I mean... I know that we usually do our, our you know, kind of game preview towards the end because it makes sense logically, but I'm almost feeling like we should just get into this game now, if you know what I mean. All right, yeah. Because I, I feel why, like we're kind of in that good football talk. So, yeah, I think, you know, kind of piggybacking off what you said, I think that matchup-wise, yes, this is definitely a much friendlier game to the Bears than the Packers. I mean, you know, I think what Rodgers is to the Bears, you know, Drew Brees isn't quite, you know, I think you brought up when uh, in our game recap on that we posted on YouTube that you know even when we played with Foles, the Saints the Saints game wasn't one of our worst games. I mean, it was rather rather close mm-hmm. in, in score, and you know, hopefully with where the offensive production is at against this defense, I mean, it's going to yield more points, and you know, it'll at least be able to kind of supplement what the defense is giving up now. You know, the only thing I fear about it a little bit just is I think that. I don't think the Saints are going to be able to do quite as much harm to this Bears defense as the Packers did, right? But I do think that, Mm. you know, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, those are still high football IQ people right there. Um, You know, they've been Mm -hmm. a very successful tandem for a long time. And, you know, just where Pagano was at, like, we need him to hit that extra gear. We need this defense to really, you know, get back and like you said we're getting some players back so we can hope that this defense is going to take a bit of a step up but we need a, a much better performance I, I can't really emphasize that enough that you know this is a playoff time and you know even the best offenses in the playoffs sputter a bit because the defenses really just do step up and there's also a big change in kind of game plans I feel like you know coaches tend to be a lot more conservative in the playoffs just because of what's on the line mm-hmm. and what's at stake and maybe that will favor the Bears a little bit too. You know, teams will be a little bit less willing to uh, to break. You know, maybe break their norm and go for the big play or try to do something. You know, out of the norm. But at the same time, it any good coach is going to exploit weaknesses within the defense. Is going to exploit you know the players that are missing. So you know the same red flags that we saw you know on display in Soldier Field uh, this past Sunday are going to be the same ones that you know unless you know the replacements are there but i'm sure we'll still see duke shelley still see kendall vilder in this game because what's the status of buster scrine no i mean no one really knows we haven't gotten an injury update on any of these players yet the first injury update we're going to get is actually on wednesday so if the, here's the thing vildor i thought vildor did a really good job he was not noticeable until he dropped that pick and if that's going to be the one thing you're noticeable about during the game right. that's pretty much a playoff game i mean as a freaking was he fifth sixth round pick i can't even yeah. remember at this point at that at that level i mean that is fantastic performance by him if as long i'm more concerned about jalen johnson because i would like to see what i would like to see truthfully 
is Jalen Johnson go ahead and switch back to his normal position and then have Vildor, if Scrine isn't ready, Vildor play the slot. I feel better yeah. about Vildor playing the slot than I do about Shelly playing the slot uh, right now. And you bring up, you know, tons of great points. There's so much unknown about this game. Who will be playing? Will Alvin Kamara be completely better from COVID because he has COVID right now? I know they're saying that he he can be, but I mean, that is what, like nine days? I know when I had COVID, uh, that that wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't feeling the best after nine, ga- nine days, I, I have to say. Uh, so it, it's, it's really going to depend on a lot of different things. And I honestly think that health could absolutely determine this game with how close. I mean, we went to overtime with the Saints last year or sorry, earlier this year uh, with Nick Foles, you know, with a worse offensive line than what we're doing now. If David Montgomery can just, you know, run the ball, if we can get a, you know, Mitch can just hit one or two of those deep shots. You know, that's all we need from it is just two. If Mitch hit like two or three of those opportunities that he misses currently downfield every single game, we would all be yelling to re-sign Mitch. We'd be bringing him in. We'd say, get this man a contract on the table right now. But because he misses those, those are game-altering plays, huge opportunities missed. He obviously hit Mooney earlier, who also is on the injury report right now, Darnell Mooney, which would be a massive loss. Uh, So yeah, injuries could absolutely determine this game, whether we like it or not. Uh, They certainly played into the last game against the Packers. This team needs to find a way to get healthy. Uh, I don't know exactly how. I know even Khalil Mack's been playing partially injured all season. Man, this is a tough game. This this is a tough game because, truthfully, when healthy, this entire team completely healthy and the and the Saints completely healthy, I would be predicting a win right now, with yeah. Mitchell Trubisky and the way this Bears team's playing. But it's, man, these injuries just leave so much unknown. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because they'll probably be that way all the way up until game time, honestly, that you probably won't know That's who's, what I think. who's all playing. And like you said, the whole Elvin Kamara situation, if that was a Saturday game, he wouldn't have a shot of playing. It's just because it's a mm-hmm. Sunday game. So that's kind of just how down to the wire things have gotten. And, and like you said, I mean, injuries are going to play a huge part. I think, you know, saying that, you know, both these teams are fully healthy is a totally different story as far as how you're going to look at the game. And that's kind of what's crazy about this time of the year is you have to look at, you know, what do teams even have left? It's kind of a, it's a bit of the war of attrition kind of point of the NFL season where, you know, this is where it pays off to have a lot of depth and, you know, where not having that off season, not having that preseason you know, really kind of tested, you know, where they're now like analyzing skill during training camp when they had it just really emphasized how important this year's training camp was, even though it was such a, a tight, like kind of window, such a forced thing. And, you know, there are tough decisions that have you made there. And those kind of decisions reflect back now when, you know, some of those players that, you know, you didn't want to have playing are, are unfortunately playing and, you know, you have to make best with them. So, you know, it's going to be a game to see maybe whose depth and it's going to be in different places shines through. And I think that the Saints offense will be manageable. I do believe that, you know, at least Pagano can hopefully put together some kind of scheme that's going to let the the Bears offense at least do what it needs to do to, to succeed. And it would be good to at least get a couple turnovers. I mean, honestly, I'd be fine with the with the Bears defense giving up, you know, a couple 
a couple of touchdowns, you know, you know, if they give up 21 points, I'll be fine if they can give up 21, 24 points, but they provide, you know, two solid turnovers to put the Bears into some decent scoring position. I think that that would definitely be crucial. And a lot of times playoff games come down to like those kind of things. And, you know, Trubisky, he needs to tighten up his game a bit too because he put his put the ball into some dangerous areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, got picked off once, probably should have gotten picked off two other times in the, the game Sunday. So he needs to get that straightened up. Otherwise, the Bears are going to be uh, they're going to be struggling to stay stay afloat. Yeah, I mean Trubisky's performance was very poor. Um, I we need to be able to rely on him, and that's really the key issue with this team. If you want to, if you want to look at this team from a cumulative perspective, is we don't have a quarterback that we can rely on, and because of that, people want to complain about the play calling. And I was a, a big person complaining about the play calling all year. If there's anyone that should be complaining about the play calling right now, it should be me. Last game was play called completely fine. And the reason why it is, is because you can't trust Mitch. And specifically against the Packers, because something that Mike Patton does well is he trusts his players to pick off Mitchell Trubisky. They trust his players to not let Mitchell Trubisky beat them downfield. So uh, with that, it, it it really condenses what you can actually do as an offensive play caller like a lot significantly the playbook is probably at a third of what Matt Nagy wishes it could be I think we we know that for certain that it's it is much more condensed than what Matt Nagy would like it right now and that's why I don't believe even you know even if we win this game even if we win the next two games in the playoffs I do not believe that Mitch Trubisky will be resigned I truthfully do not Okay, I think that it's it's cert- I, I think that he is going to be gone unless he's being used as a bridge quarterback. That being said, um, we have to hope that somehow Mitch just finds his groove this game and Nagy loosens up, you know, the play the playbook a little bit and is able to kind of get in rhythm with him like he was doing against those bad defenses. Yeah. That's what we need from Mitchell Trubisky, and that is going to be a huge defining factor. Um Man, as far as uh, as far as uh, who's gonna win, who's gonna lose, it's this is this is gonna be a nail biter. This game, uh, it's gonna be really really tough, and we have to hope that it you know ends in at least a better way than our last playoff appearance did. Uh, a yeah. game that I was at where we got to see Cody Parkey <laughs> dunk it off, dunk it off the field goal, and oh, man. Uh, that's still never never died. Um, <laughs> never does, but. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I have to say, I think that the Bears are going to win. I truthfully right. do. I, I believe the Bears are going to win. Um, barring injury status, I'm assume maybe half the players that are currently injured play, half don't play. Uh, I just, you know, the, the Saints in the playoffs, man, they have not been a good team. You know, they have not been a good team in the playoffs. They lost to people want to say, oh, how, how is Drew Brees going to lose to uh, how's Drew Brees going to lose to Mitchell Trubisky? Well, he lost to Kirk Cousins last year and he is garbage. So, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think that. Yeah, it's a solid point. And you know what? The Saints do and choke. Case Keenum like two years ago, the Saints do choke in the playoffs. I, I think that's also a very, you know, kind of thing you need to look at is they're not a team that. They probably should have won more Super Bowls with Drew Brees. It's kind of the same case almost with mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers at this point, which, you know, looks like he might be on his road to another one this year. But 
uh, you know, only one Super Bowl between, you know, having that great coach and that great quarterback is a little shameful. Although, you know, I'm glad you said that the Bears will win, so that way we're not 100% negative. I, I do think the Saints will win this game. Um, yeah, I just, a lot of that is based off kind of like the form, I guess, that this team is in, you know, just mm-hmm. watching them play against the Packers. With that being said, though, this game could tilt in the Bears' favor. Um, you know, the Bears just kind of have that knack. You know, sometimes teams kind of play down to the Bears, you know. I mean, I don't know what other way to play it, say it. You know, it, it seems like a very negative knock on the Bears. But sometimes, like, Bears games just kind of get ugly. And they have a way of kind of just mm-hmm. slowing down. And, and, and Even at their worst, they've, they've mostly been close games under Nagy, even in 2019. Yeah, exactly. So you figure that the... The Bears, you know, are gonna gonna be able to do do something decent at least keep keep the game close. So I think it'll be interesting. I do think injuries are gonna have a big, you know, big part to play. But with that being said, I, I think that this could be a game that you know the Saints win maybe like thirty to twenty four. I could really see it being you know that close, that down to the wire. Mm-hmm. I could see it going to overtime again. Like I think That's that is a very too. real possibility. Um, and I'm actually going to say that I think it will go to overtime. I don't think that this is going to be a blowout on either team's end. I truthfully don't think the Saints have been a fantastic team this year. I mean, especially looking at what the Packers did to them early in the year. And then, you know, they've been through some hiccups themselves, you know, obviously with Drew Brees' health, all different kinds of things. Who knows if Alvin, if Alvin Kamara is, is out, then I don't, you know, I think that the Bears for sure are going to win. He's really my biggest concern, truthfully, uh, is Alvin Kamara, you know, and Mitchell Trubisky because he, <laughs> and my our, my biggest concern against the Bears is our quarterback, which is very, which is very bad right now. It says um, something. Yeah, it really says something. So, yeah, I, I do believe that the Bears can win this game. They have to do a lot better defensively than they did last time. Uh, they need to do even better defensively, in my opinion, than we did the last time we played the Saints. So that And we're are less healthy that, since that time. Thankfully, the offense has kind of reemerged. But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. And I, I want to say to all the people that were coming out at us saying... Oh, of course the Bears should re-sign Mitch Trubisky on our on our you know our YouTube. Uh, guys, did you watch the game last weekend? Because that was bad. That was pretty bad. I know that you might have seen him, you know, complete a bunch of dump offs and end up with a decent completion percentage. But uh, man, it, it, that he, he Matt Nagy clearly does not trust Mitch Trubisky. And no, we're going to talk about this real quick. Clear, he yeah. he for 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 those of you guys, you know. I understand that we we kind of cater to a wide variety of sports fans, uh, some of which may be more new to the sport, some of which may be more experienced to the sport. If you look at the way that Matt Nagy calls plays for Mitchell Trubisky, the very first thing he does, okay, is he manages the time in which Mitchell Trubisky holds the ball, okay? That is abundantly clear. They've talked about that in interviews. Mitchell Trubisky, if you look at his time holding the ball, is significantly down than what it was before. Okay. So he, he always, and he always has that outlet pass. And that's what I was calling for earlier in the year with Mitchell Trubisky too. And in 2019 is always give him an outlet pass, right? So he has David Montgomery in the flat, or he has, you know, some sort of screen pass that he can check down to if he needs to. And that's good. That's really good. Okay. The second thing that Matt Nagy does. Okay. He runs his offense pretty much primarily off of rollouts and RPOs. Okay. Rollouts, 
give you half the field to to read. And it kind of makes it coverage proof. You don't need to read a defense when you're rolling out. You don't need to, there's no really schematics at play besides like essentially man coverage, right? It kind of shifts everything. He runs Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. And then obviously the RPO, really all you need to do with the RPO. I mean, even high schools are running it at this point. You know, this is not a, this is not a complicated process. It's just a read option at the end of the day. All of, all of these 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 couple things I've just listed are what teams primarily do with either bad quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks. Mitchell Trubisky is not a rookie, so <laughs> I, I wonder which one he is. <laughs> Deductive reasoning will lead you that, you know, he's not a, not a great quarterback. And, yeah, I mean, it's certainly clear, and it, it's tough to see – Honestly, what I kind of see is that there's so much just potential left on the field, you know, with him at quarterback, and, and you can see it in the offense. It's just so it's mm-hmm. such a boring offense to watch. I, you know, I said it before. I'll say it again. Like watching this Bears offense, you know, never really it never gets you jumping out of your seat. You're never like, wow, no, that was crazy. No. It's just like, oh, like <laughs> you know, we're going on here. We're getting you know seven yard passes. Oh, nice. You know, for a little dink pass to Cole Komet, that that one really gets me going. You know, mm-hmm. and not saying that you have to be exciting offense to be good, but damn, I mean, every now and then, you know, a nice a nice deep pass. You know, I, we got the one for Mooney, so maybe I should be thankful thankful about that. Yeah. One. So, man, it is. Uh, Mitch is a difficult quarterback, and I understand why a lot of people start to like him because they'll see he's actually moving the offense, and people associate offense completely with the quarterback. All different types of things, you know. There, there's a bunch of different, uh, bunch of different reasons for that. And then the quarterbacks who also got extensions based off of doing the type of stuff that Mitchell Trubisky is doing right now currently are uh, well. Let's think about it real quick. Carson Wentz, okay, uh, he's pretty bad. Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, this team wants to move on from him right now too. And then Jared Goff, and that's one of the worst contracts in the NFL currently. So that, that we we need, you know, I would be fine. Again, I'll say it again. If we want to use him as a bridge, okay, you know, I'm fine with that. I'm happy to let a young quarterback kind of sit for a little bit, get to know what Matt Nagy's scheme is, and really be able to move beyond uh get a little bit more experience before being thrown into the fire like Mitch Trubisky was. I, I do still feel bad about that for Mitch, but Man, if it's not abundantly clear that uh, Mitch is just not going to be uh, a top 15 quarterback ever, I don't really know what is, you know, at this point at least. And I don't want to seem like a Mitchell Trubisky hater. I genuinely, I, I have two Mitchell Trubisky jerseys, two of them, okay? <laughs> and they're both they're both real jerseys. They're not fake jerseys. One of them cost me $150. The other one cost me $100. So I have $250 invested in Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I I thought Mitchell Trubisky was going to pan out, especially after the 2018 season uh, where he's, I don't know what happened to him since then because he was hitting some decent downfield passes that year. And this year it's just terrible downfield. And 2019 was too. Uh, I don't know if they adjust his mechanics or what, because it just didn't work out that well as far as for the down downfield throws. Um, but again, I, I root for him. I wish that he could just wake up and, and, you know, throw the ball around like, you know, Drew Brees or Josh Allen or, or, or Patrick Mahomes just toss, you know, tossing it effort. I wish that Mitchell Trubisky would wake up and be that guy. That'd make it so easy for us. That'd be such a good solution. 
that being said though i you know even when we're playing to his strengths right now i think it's still abundantly clear that he has limitations and uh you know it's 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 not he he's not our future unfortunately yeah and honestly i mean you know not to get too far off topic here but Man, just imagine someone like, you know, even Trey Lance, you know, in this offense with the ability to throw the ball downfield like he does, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of arm, that kind of athleticism, that kind of poise in the in the pocket, you know. Not that Trubisky doesn't have the poise in the pocket because he generally has, like, some decent awareness, but it's just like, oh, you know, that kind of, that style of offense, like, we just have not seen something like that here in, in so long, and it's just how long at least you want to give Trubisky. I mean, I feel like... We've given him more than enough, you know, time to prove himself. It's time, you know, it's time, it's time. Let's not, let's not overdo this like we did with, or like the Jaguars did with Blake Bortles. Let's not, you know, let's not waste any years. You know, there's going to be, uh, you know, time is very, very. It's the one thing that there, you know, is really a finite amount of on this earth. Uh, is our time, uh, and and let's not waste our time. Let's let's move to the future. While I agree, there's certain players that you should wait and let them develop. It's just certain players you gotta, you know, pull the plug, and uh, that's what I think we need to do on Mitchell Trubisky right now. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on then uh, to our next topic, which, you know, I I think it's important to start thinking about this now. Um, because it seems like when whenever we talk about Mitchell Trubisky, people want to say. Uh, the the very the very key thing that I hear from a lot of people that don't believe he is the future answer is that they say, okay, he might not be the future answer, but he's our best. He's the best available to us right now. Keeping Mitchell Trubisky is the best solution on the table for the Chicago Bears. Before I get in this, I want to mention as well that by keeping Mitchell Trubisky, we will almost certainly be getting rid of Allen Robinson. Uh, so that needs to be kept in mind. So not only are we talking about Mitchell Trubisky this year, but this year, Mitchell Trubisky without an Allen Robinson, which, you know, is going to be a massive, you know, drop that was back, the Packers you know? game because they didn't target him like yeah. damn near. All yeah. Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, exactly. But anyways, uh, so really what we're going to be doing now is going over uh, really for the rest of the episode all of the quarterback options available to the Chicago Bears next year, uh, kind of talking through them, kind of giving our best options, and really just you know taking a deep dive look at what is actually on the table for the Chicago Bears team going into this offseason. Because it's really going to you know dictate a lot of what we do, right? Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get right into it. You know, we're going to start off. We I, I made some tiers for us, so no chances. Uh, we will actually talk about those two for a brief moment. Uh, reaches, so players that, you know, there's a maybe like a 5% or less chance to get, uh, but still potentially available. Real possibilities, so, so players that are actually on the table for the Chicago Bears. Uh, and then, you know, some guys, I, I call them second round pick plus. So like, you know, some some guys that we could potentially go later in the draft and don't need to uh, maybe take with a first round pick. So let's go ahead. No chance. Really, the only no chance player I had on my my list was Trevor Lawrence, because I I think it's pretty clear that uh, the Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. I know there's some rumors that they may sign. Or <laughs> there's some <laughs> Okay, I will mark that to cut it out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Could you, you, can could you sneeze it, any more muted, directly right? into the? Can you sneeze any more directly into the microphone, Reese? Wasn't it muted though? Is it muted? I don't know. I mean, I muted on my audacity. They could, they can hear it on the, <laughs> All right. on the podcast. All right, <laughs> all right. We'll we'll keep it in then. We'll keep it in the fuck it. Um. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. So try, I know there's some there's some rumors that the Jaguars might be going after Urban Meyer. Uh, which, you know, may potentially dictate that. I don't know if they would be crazy enough to draft Justin Fields uh, above Trevor Lawrence, which, you know, I would think would be wrong. I think there's more questions out on Justin Fields than there are for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, But yeah, Trevor Lawrence, if he goes one or if he goes two, that is definitely out of the question. Um, So let's go ahead and just move right into the reaches on. So on this list, I have Justin Fields, uh, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, and Tua. Now, that's a new new name that we might not be thinking about. But uh, for some reason, over the past couple of days, there's been some rumors circulating that the Miami Dolphins might actually go quarterback uh, at their third overall pick that they got from the Houston Texans, uh, which would therefore make Tua available by trade, which I think would be kind of crazy. I like Tua as a player, uh, but, you know. If they really have faith in somebody, I guess that's something that they would do. So, uh, just so let's start at Justin Fields. Do you think there is any true chance the Bears could land someone like Justin Fields? Not really. I think he's going to come off the board uh, too high. I think he's kind of right where I would draw the line as being that he's probably right where the Bears. I think every QB after him is uh, has the Bears have a remote chance of getting or better. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Justin Fields, I mean, clearly he's not going to go one because uh, that's definitely going to be Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, there is a chance that he goes right off at three there. You know, if Miami does, you know, want to take a quarterback or if they want to just trade that pick away and for someone that does want to go up there and get him, I have a feeling that he's going to come off the board rather quickly and it's going to take some real draft capital to go out there and, and move up if you wanted to go out and get him. I mean, he's a... A great quarterback who's really only he's only refined his game more and more throughout the year. I think that uh, you know even in this national semifinal game, but you know even as a short sample size for the six game season, I think that he's shown that he has you know ability inside in the pocket and out. I think some people would have questioned you know maybe what he can do inside the pocket, but I think that he really has the arm to put it anywhere on the field at any time. I mean, he can throw those quick out routes. He can hit it down the middle of the field. You know. Some quarterbacks, I mean, kind of like Trubisky a little bit. I get a little frightened when he's throwing it out towards the boundary. You don't know if he's going to underthrow it. I don't really worry mm-hmm. about that with Justin Fields. Too much. I feel like he powers the ball through, gets it through those windows. So he's definitely a great quarterback. But I think, unfortunately, for this Bears team and where they're going to be picking or where they could even possibly trade up to comfortably, I think he's still outside of that realm. Yeah, you know, a couple of these guys are kind of either-or situations. So, like... For instance, if Matthew Stafford becomes available somehow, that likely means that, you know, someone like a Zach Wilson goes off the board before the Bears actually get a chance to get him. Uh, so so it is oftentimes like an either or situation. So it's not like this is going to be clear as day. I'm also considering trade up possibilities. That's what I think truthfully the most likely situation is for the Chicago Bears is that they just do go draft and they do trade up to get a quarterback. Um you know, I th- I do think that Ryan Pace definitely believes his job may be on the line, which we'll actually get into in a little bit because we have to get into uh, some talk about the front office possible restructure that's coming at the end of the show. Uh, but that being said, 
you know, uh, we all there are some guys that are available. I love Justin Fields. I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, I think there are some concerns specifically with he. It seems like when he has a down game, he has like a really down game, like like a game that you're like, man, is this guy really worthy of the pick you're going to be taking him at? Uh, but with Trevor Lawrence, it just seems like he's always Mister Consistent and you know, kind of consistently just doing everything you would want out of a franchise quarterback. So with Justin Fields, I think that. I, there is an opportunity. I think the Jets go with him. Uh, that's what I think is going to end up happening potentially. But it may be smarter for the Jets to just, you know, stay or trade down from that number two position, stick with Sam Darnold. That's going to be the thing. But yeah, if Justin Fields somehow managed to get in within reach of the Bears, that'd be a home run uh, pick for them there. Matthew Stafford, uh, the next quarterback. Uh, I'll give my quick thoughts immediately. You know, this is the this is the dream scenario for the Chicago Bears is to get Matthew Stafford. And I know it would be difficult a little bit cap wise. We'd have to do some restructuring as far as our contracts, uh, probably get rid of someone like Kyle Fuller uh, even. But that being said, there it, it is possible. Uh, and I mean, I can't think of a better scenario than this happening. It would definitely be interesting. I mean, I think you made the statement a little while back that he could put up, you know, 50 touchdowns easily in this offense. And, you know, I kind of joked and and said, yeah, and 5,500 yards too. And, you know, honestly, that could be, you know, very accurate. I think the one, you know, kind of plug and play concern that I would have with him off the bat is, you know, making sure we have an offensive line that can protect him. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not the most mobile quarterback, making sure that, you know, he at least has time to get the football out to the receivers. But, I do think that he's a good fit. I mean, we have seen his arm as Bears fans. I mean, we're very familiar with Matthew Stafford. We've seen him for about the past 10 years now. I think that, you know, you can't doubt his arm strength. You can't doubt his accuracy. He does some weird things with the sidearm throw in, which is, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes he does good things with it. Sometimes he ends up throwing picks. You know, you take the good with the bad. By no means is he the perfect quarterback, but, you know, He's definitely a step up in football IQ and passing ability and compared to someone like Mitchell Trubisky and significantly so. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely kind of in two different worlds there. I mean, Matthew Stafford probably isn't a top 10 quarterback. I mean, in some years of his career, he may have been, he kind of fades in and out of that conversation. That's kind of just the type of quarterback type of player he is. Um, you know, I would say his kind of bit of a down year this year is a bit of a concern, but at that same time, that Detroit franchise is just such a mess sometimes. And, uh, you know, he had Kenny Galladay out, who really became his number one target, his number one guy. And I think that his stats were totally different from when he was in and out of the lineup. So there were a couple of injury things there. And, you know, what much he doesn't have too much there to work with with that. Lions offense so I do think you know you put him in a a situation with the Bears where he's got a a good offensive line and some weapons to work out with I mean he's someone that could even oddly see you know develop a good relationship with Mooney too I mean he kind of likes those shifty kind of wide receivers and I think he'd definitely get along with him well and he can I mean man he can hit that deep ball and that's a that's a huge thing we're missing right now. Uh, he, he could you know baby step through this current offense. It'd be one of the easiest damn jobs he'd have ever, really. Uh, and you get if you can you know draft him a good wide receiver in the first round after you sign after you get him, you know maybe bring in a bring in a Jalen Waddle or someone like that. Try to try to get up there, get one of those top premier wide receivers. 
uh, or even like uh, Rashad Bateman uh, from Minnesota. I mean, pairing him with with one of those receivers would be great. Uh, even if we're missing out on Allen Robinson, which would unfortunately be a casualty with a Matthew Stafford contract, uh, almost certainly. This was this is a stupid question, but someone like Devonta Smith is definitely going like top mm. ten, right? Easy. Well, is, that, that's actually get, that's an interesting even, question. Uh, or what's his even eligibility? Is he coming out this year? I don't. Yeah, I actually yeah, don't know. yeah. He is coming out this year. Uh, the the thing is that there's a lot of people who like some of the other wide receivers better than him because he is a little, uh, you know, light in the frame. You know, he's not doesn't necessarily show the build of a traditional number one wide receiver. Uh, so even guys like Jalen Waddle, the really the the like the 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 second the second wide receiver for for Alabama, uh, he is he is by some people viewed to be a better receiver than uh, someone like a Devonta Smith. Uh, some people predicting predicting Devonta Smith to kind of be in the Bears range actually. Oh damn! Okay, well that's, I mean that's I mean there you go. That's another person you can add to the list. I mean the person that just won the Heisman Trophy tonight as we were uh, mm-hmm. recording. Um, good for him, man. Really good for him. That's yeah, really good, impressive. Good to see a wide receiver win it. Uh, you know, first since Desmond Howard. It's been quarterbacks for the past five years, though. Way too much of that, in my opinion. You know, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see a defensive player. That's what I would like. It gives me an opportunity. You know, I don't know if he's on your list, and that's why I'm going to go with it. Get a quick little snippet on Mac Jones because all he really deserves. Uh, he's just another yeah. Alabama quarterback. He doesn't really. I don't <laughs> think the Bears should really pay him. You know, much mind. Uh, he's kind of a, I don't know. He's a beneficiary of a lot of weapons, and he kind of just distributes yeah. the ball well. That's probably the best way to put it. That that is a concern. We'll actually get more a little bit into him with the real possibilities. But let's get through these last two reaches. Dak Prescott, real quick. Don't think he's coming available. I I think that there might be a shot just because. Man, crazier things have happened than Dak Prescott. He's kind of in that Kirk Cousins mold where you'd he's he's like good and he's like good enough, you know, he's like borderline top 10 that you want to pay him, but at the same time giving him 40 million dollars a year might be kind of a concern. I think in the Nagy system though, he might be a scary kind of good fit. You know. No, no, that's the thing. I'm saying for 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 oh. the Cowboys, for the Bears, dude, I'd pay him 80 million dollars to be our quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, no, we just get a little excited, fit, especially in this offense. Just yeah. in this offense, you know. Yeah, and I know what you mean with the the Kirk Cousins thing, but I just kind of look at that opportunity with Nagy, and it's what you were hinting at too. I know you weren't disagreeing with me, but I was kind of agreeing that you know he kind of does have a little bit of that Kirk Cousins esque look as far as kind of just how he wins football games. I don't know what kind of what mm-hmm. other way to put it, but that's kind of the best way I can. <laughs> um but at the same time, under Nagy, he kind of has that skill set that really, I think, matches what Nagy wants almost probably to a T. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think uh, that's spot on. I think that's spot on. I think that, you know, if he if he, he is able to hit that deep ball and he, he has the mobility that Trubisky has, he can go through that RPO offense. He would be a very, very good fit. Uh, and he, he's explosive, man. He, he shows explosiveness. He's a very, you know, versatile player. He's never going to be the the quarterback I feel like that you like, oh my god, this guy, this team has Dak Prescott on it, like this is a the top end guy, but he is miles better than Trubisky and miles and miles better than anyone we've had. I honestly a good kind of person to compare him to is like a better version of like Jay Cutler. 
You know, like he has that arm strength. He Ooh. has that mobility. I know when I know when you say Jay Cutler, <laughs> a lot of Bears fans might be like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. But uh, man, like a, a much better version, version than Jay Cutler, more, you know, accurate, not going to throw the same type of picks that Jay did. Uh, but yeah, is he, he on this he, list we're going through? Is he an option? <laughs> you know, I, I think that we should make a call to him at least. <laughs> Get, get him in at that OC position. We'll get him on as co-offensive coordinator with Laser. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, our final reach is Tua. I do not think that the Dolphins are going to end up drafting a quarterback personally. I think that Tua is plenty good. But if you could somehow get Tua for like a second round pick, I mean, that's that, that's a steal in my opinion. Yeah, wow. I mean, I don't even know what kind of they're certainly not going to get what they drafted him at. I mean, they're not going to get him. They're not going to get a top ten first round pick. I doubt they would even get a first round pick. Maybe I don't know. He showed some potential, yeah. but it's a real tough call about what you'd have to get to get him. I'd be a little bit on the fence, a little bit reserved. I do like Tua. I think that he is a great quarterback. I mean, to be honest, I haven't been able to watch him as much with the Dolphins as I did get to see him play in college. I definitely had a much better sample mm-hmm. size. But, you know... The Dolphins just s- handled him weird, in my opinion. Like, it's, hand- it's really weird. They didn't let him fight anything out. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of what leaves... I think there's still that kind of that same amount of uncertainty with him. You know, not as far as, like, injury-wise, but as far as... um you know, the same kind of uncertainty they had when he was coming out of the draft just because we really didn't learn too much. And it seemed like, you know, the Dolphins defensively kind of gave him a big assist, so it's really kind of hard to say that the games that he won were really solely because of him. But he had his moments, too. So I'd certainly be willing to explore the possibility, but I wouldn't be, I don't know, exactly 100% sold right away. The concern is why would a team want to move on from Tua so so quickly? Uh, but hey, in my opinion, like just looking at what he can do, I think the Bears could build a much more competent offense around him than what the Dolphins have with Matt Nagy being there. Uh, I think he again would run this. He would be at least as good as Mitchell Trubisky, and that's what I and that's really as good as Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, lower cap hit for sure, and then also you know added upside there. He might be able to develop into a real dangerous guy. I mean, just looking at his skill set. Uh, you know, winner at Alabama coming from a major program. I know that people want to use Alabama to kind of bring him down in the same way that people use Ohio state to bring down Justin Fields, but he, they're just kind of different, different quarterbacks than what, uh, you know, than some of the, some, some of the guys they've had in the past there. Uh, and then also look at how, uh, Jalen hurts has been doing. He's been doing pretty good with the Eagles. You know, someone that we talked about the bears potentially drafting in the later round, uh, he's been doing pretty good with the Eagles and Tua was obviously better than him. So, uh, I mean, really, I guess that's the floor for him, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always gonna be interesting to look back at that Cole Komet, you know, cause they still could have easily gotten, you know, Jalen hurts with that Cole Komet pick. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, always going to be, I mean, if Cole Komet doesn't end up producing, doesn't end up developing, which it does look like he's doing good. I mean, I he's would say. He's on the path. What was that? He's on the pathway. At yeah. Least. You know, it's, and, and it's hard tight, to, tight ends is a tough position. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And it takes time to kind of tell to see how they're going to end up. But, you know, for whatever reason, if Komet ends up busting, which I don't think he will, but if he ends up being a bust, then it might look like a missed opportunity if Hurts really kind of, 
he finished the year in a good note for the Eagles. I mean, that's probably the best way to put it. I mean, mm-hmm. he gave them a little bit of something to be excited for, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think those, you know, those are all guys we can be optimistic about. But now let's go ahead and move on to the real possibilities. And the first player, he's kind of in that real possibility to like maybe not. It's really hard to project where his where he's going to end up being drafted. Apparently, uh, some people say that he's kind of arrogant as a person, but it's Zach Wilson. Um, I haven't, I don't really know any validity to the arrogance rumors. I feel like they're literally just rumors right now. Um, but I, he's someone that I could see going as high as like three, but as low as like 15 or 16. Like there's really a wide margin as to where Zach Wilson could go. Um, I think what's going to end up happening is that he's going to fall to the later single digits. So maybe like seven or eight. And at that time, a team's probably going to trade up to draft him. And I think that the bears could be one of those teams interested in doing that Uh, because, you know, he was someone who my opinion has radically changed on him. Uh, I think that he has shown that he can really be a winner and take over a game. Um, And he, he's just, he's one of those quarterbacks that, you like really looks like he's the reason why a team is winning. And while Mitchell Trubisky, like when you watch that UNC team, you're like, okay, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, he's kind of doing stuff. Like when you see Zach Wilson at BYU, you're like, okay, this kid is like really the main reason why this team is winning. Like his playmaking ability is really the reason why his team is make is winning. He has explosive plays. He can make some throws downfield. Uh, sometimes his arm strength is a little like it's it's like a little better than average. It's nothing to like you know. It's, it's nothing crazy, but you know it's a, it's a little better than average. It's good. That's what I would say. It's good. It's not great. It's not like it's Patrick Mahomes or anything. Uh, the concerns, you know, he is a little slight in the frame. Uh, as well kind of has a build similar to drew lock we did an entire video on this on youtube if you guys want to look at it uh and we're going to be doing videos on some of these other guys as well uh later on once it gets close to the draft i mean right now we're in the playoffs um but yeah so zach wilson i think he's a good fit especially because he's already accustomed to the west coast offense that's what they run there at byu uh they run a variant of essentially what matt Nagy runs and just having that continuity and knowing that you have a quarterback that's already has success in the type of scheme that you run. I think that would be a huge asset, huge asset for this team. I think as far as the draft goes, Zach Wilson is probably like the perfect pick for the bears, like the most well fit for the bears. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, he has so much upside. I mean, there's definitely a lot of potential there. I mean, there's a lot of good things he's been doing. I mean, obviously he put BYU on the map this year, which, you know, isn't necessarily an easy thing to do um, in these days. My one fear is that I guess, and, and I, maybe some people will be kind of lost, confused by this comparison, but I just hope he doesn't kind of end up like someone like Baker Mayfield, you know? And yeah. They don't mm-hmm. even have completely the same skill sets, but I feel like the way a defense would scheme against them is, is kind of similar. So I kind of feel mm-hmm. like I just kind of hope that he doesn't end up kind of hitting that ceiling of that particular player. Yeah. With that being said, though, I do think that he kind of does come in with a lot more upside. I think with Baker Mayfield, I think it was a lot more. Um, what was I going to say? It just simplicity. A lot more obvious that running. it was kind of being yeah. it was a system kind of uh, mm-hmm. fit. Good system fit, I guess you'd say. 
Yeah, with Baker, the thing that I saw a lot with him is that he just wasn't really able to make... And that was my big complaint on him is that he didn't really have anticipation and he also didn't really have much... Uh, like, he, he wasn't good at those sideline throws, you know, those NFL throws. So you are somewhat limited in what you can run with him. You can create a scheme around him. He kind of reminded me of, like, a better version of Case Keenum is what I think that he he really like is is that's what i think that he he probably you know what i would compare him to is because he's not going to make those big nfl throws but if you make a system around him uh he can look like a pretty good quarterback Um, but yeah i I definitely understand what you're talking about i think zach wilson's a little bit better as far as like making those sideline throws uh and and stuff like that but certainly that is a concern uh, and also like someone in like the Johnny Manziel comparison, right? Like he does make a lot of these off-platform throws, um, cross-body throws, things that could go terribly wrong if not executed correctly. But at the same time, most of the time he completes them. I mean, his touchdown interception ratio is really good right now. So it, it's uh, it, it's hard to say. To me, it just seems like if one person is really going to be a big flop out of this class, it's going to be him. He's got the he's yeah. got the crazy high potential kind mm-hmm. of, uh, and then he's also got the the crazy kind of like bust potential. So he's a real. I think he's kind of the home run or the home like the complete bust. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of the two. Yeah, definitely. I'm. I mean, definitely. That is, that's a great point. Uh, so so let's go ahead and move on to uh, Trey Lance, uh, someone who you know I think is like far less developed than someone like Zach Wilson, but also uh, I believe he has far more upside actually because man that kid has a cannon for an arm. Uh, he seems to be a pretty decent decision maker. He can make a lot of nice throws, but they really tried to lean on his running ability a lot at NDSU. Uh, they didn't really ask him to run a traditional offense uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, sometimes, you know, you can say his processing might be a knock, something that's really good with Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, not necessarily the best at making it through his reads. You know, not like he, he definitely, you know, can get stuck on certain reads. Someone who I compare a lot to someone like Josh Allen, you know, someone that I really, I did not like Josh Allen coming out. I thought that he was actually... Uh, I thought he was going to be a bust. I'm not going to lie. But if you can find the right coach for him and if he can develop this one, of the guys, if he can develop right and he can get a good coach to help develop him, he can be really good, like really, really good. Like one of the best in the league, if he can do that, because he has all the traits to be. Um, but yeah, that, that's I, I would be happy with Trey Lance. Um, I'd be happy with it. But I definitely would think that we would need to get some sort of uh, some sort of bridge quarterback, at least. I think they would need to get a bridge quarterback, but honestly, I think he might be my favorite option for the Bears right now. I think really? that uh, what he reminds me of is I think you kind of hit on the head with Josh Allen, but also a little bit of Cam Newton mixed in. It was kind of just that mm-hmm. physical, like unbelievable athletic freak, and not like a freak in the Lamar Jackson crazy quick type of way. Like for whatever reason, mm-hmm. he likes to lower the shoulder on defenders. So. You know, he likes to be crazy physical. I like his game. Like you said, that long, that deep ball, I think, will make like any person that watches him fall in love with that kind of game. I mean, he seems to just, he puts it right in there every time. It just seems so seamless, so effortless. Really good. I, I love it. He definitely has the arm strength to put it anywhere on the field. He's going to complete, you know, 
those sideline passes. He's going to be able to get it out to the boundary in a hurry. Like you said, my main concern would be that he relies on the run game too much. A little bit of that, you know, definitely fits in that college kind of system quarterback that people would talk about, you know, maybe, you know, 10 years ago before kind of having mm-hmm. the athletic quarterbacks were so accepted is that, you know, like, ah, you know, I don't know. Maybe he relies on his legs a little bit too much. With that being said, I think the one thing that makes me feel a bit better about that is kind of how he keeps his eyes up in the pocket still. I feel like his first instinct isn't always just to run. Uh, He is looking for the pass. And I think, you know, if if the Bears are able to get a hold of him and develop him into, you know, keep building upon those kind of positive assets that he has and, you know, not drilling him to run all the time, I think he could develop into someone very special. And something else that's really good about him is he just never looks rattled. Like he, the pocket can be completely collapsing around him and it's like nothing's even happening there. Like he, he is very patient. He's able to actually like stick in that pocket, which is hard. Like a lot of time, young quarterbacks can't really do that. Uh, I, here's the thing with him is that I don't, it's hard to say if he will ever become the best version of himself. You know, he has a ton of bust potential but at the same time knowing how Matt Nagy developed an offense around Mitchell Trubisky at this point I'm telling you right now you put Trey Lance in this exact offense next year and we have a better offense because he is going to hit those deep balls and he is going to use his legs a lot more it kind of reminds me and you know another NDSU quarterback uh, maybe a bad comparison for it right now is Carson Wentz, but <laughs> back, you know, back earlier on when, when Doug Peterson, or really it seems like it was Frank Reich that was actually doing it when they put uh, early on in his career, he was really able to go from, you know, not really being the best, you know, uh, you know, not, not being the best processor, maybe getting stuck on reads. They really were able to build an offense around him that suited his skills well. And he was able to develop off that. The one thing that I have to say about Carson Wentz that it has really led to his downfall is that he, his platform, the way that he, you know, his footwork, the way that he, you know, releases the ball, it's just not correct. Most of the time he has like, he has just really poor mechanics specifically in his footwork. Um, that's led to a lot of his downfall. And that's not really an issue with Trey Lance. Trey Lance is much more clean mechanically. Uh, and he has even higher upside than someone like Carson Wentz when it comes to actually running the football and becoming that possession guy. So yeah, I mean, Trey Lance, uh, if we, I would like, ideally what would probably happen with Trey Lance is that we get someone to at least fill in for like part of the season, like the beginning of the season, maybe they'll stick with Nick Foles or something for the first couple of games, <laughs> yeah. which I, I know it isn't very it's exciting laughable. for it's Bears It's just laughable, fans, but, but yeah, it's realistic though. But, but you do that and if he, he can learn the playbook, uh, if he, you know, if he's good at, if he can just catch on, if he can just get a little bit, if we can just, you know, as they say, catch lightning in the bottle, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can, uh, we, we, he could be, uh, you know, a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type of level star uh, in this league. He truthfully can be. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's all that really needs to be said. He, he is, in my opinion, the, the most realistic yet and best option, like the best combination of realism and like right fit type of deal. Uh, and then here, let's talk about two, uh, two other quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask real quick. Not a fan of Mac Jones. Um, 
Yeah, he just Ooh. he really gives me cla- <laughs> he really gives me classic Alabama quarterback vibes. Uh, I know that he can stick in there and make some throws. Uh, athletically, man, he is right there with um, with Nick Foles. He, as uh, I think you said, Barstool Big Cat said he looks like a corpse in the pocket, <laughs> um, and it's just uh, it, it it's not. It, I don't I don't foresee that working out very well. And in fact, I would actually be furious if we drafted him on draft night. <laughs> I would legitimately be furious. And then Kyle Trask, you know, I think that he's shown good, especially in the beginning of the season. But just some of the ways that things certain recently broke down in bowl games and, you know, has to do with his age a little bit. He's older. He's this is his first year really being a strong starter. There's they're, a lot of concerns that there. bowl game too much. I'll tell you what, you know, I, I like Kyle Trask. I don't think the Bears should necessarily eye him because he kind of he's not quite as much of a corpse as Mac Jones or Nick Foles, but he is still pretty, you know, he's not, he isn't super mobile. He's not doing too much scrambling outside of the pocket. So that's kind of what kind of dissuades me from him coming to the bears. But at the same time, I can tell you exactly who he is. He's kind of a, he'll be a less mobile Ben Roethlisberger slash Phillip rivers. He has that great accuracy, great accuracy, great Mm -hmm. ability to put it into a small window, but is giving you nothing on the mobility front. But I, th- I could see him having a long career in the NFL. I don't know if it'll be quite mm. as great as Ben Big Ben or or Phillip Rivers, but kind of gives you that same kind of quarterback features as to what you can expect them from them every Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I think that he could be good. I'm going to kind of compare him to like a Baker Mayfield-esque quarterback and not maybe as mobile as him. I think that while he has some limitations uh, – and he certainly has a lot of playmaker there, like with like Kyle Pitts at quarterback or at tight end there, who's I mean an absolute stud. That 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 dude is going to be really good in the NFL. I actually think that he should probably he's probably going to be more of like a slot receiver than a tight end in my opinion. But that yeah. that dude is good. That dude's good. Uh, and and uh, yeah, you know I I think that you know he has. Here's the thing is that I think he can be good in this league and I think he could be have a good NFL career and stick around in the league for you know a little bit but he's almost in my opinion not worth the risk of taking in the first round comparatively to some of the other options available like what I'm about to get into right now Sam Darnold I think I'd rather you know get a second trade a second for Sam Darnold than draft someone like a Kyle Trask or a Mac Jones in the first round I think that that's fair that's a fair analysis I think that Kyle Trask is someone that if he comes to you in the second round, I mean, damn, I'd say go ahead, go for it, you know, but you don't need to Mm -hmm. rush up to take him. I agree with you on that point. So, yeah, I mean, that's really all that can be said about Kyle Trask. Let's just talk real quick. Sam Darnold, uh, obviously a trade trade candidate. Uh, That's going to be very contingent on if the Jets take a quarterback or not. We're going to have to see on that one. Uh, I don't know if that's really set in stone at all. Uh, But Sam Darnold, I think, would be, you know, again, really good. I I think that he, you know, he's clearly shown to have some flaws with that Jets team, but he's also shown a lot of promise as well. And I just feel like he would be uh, a step up from Mitchell Trubisky, especially when it comes to processing, especially when it comes to 
Um, you know, maybe some, some of those deep passes. I think that he could improve on some of his, uh, his sideline passes for sure. Accuracy there. Uh, but the one thing he will hit that Mitchell Trubisky never hits is those deep passes, uh, those things past 10 yards. And again, also a mobile quarterback. Let me ask you this, Austin. It's the fifth round. Are you picking Jamie Newman or no? Oh, that's actually going to be my next one. I would take Jamie Newman in the third round. I'd take Jamie Newman maybe in the second round. I think Jamie Newman is a fantastic quarterback. And truthfully, I think that if he played this year, I think he would have been up there probably right above Zach Wilson, potentially. But That's a a pretty – okay, yeah. At Georgia, I mean, considering that he's playing at Georgia, you know, he he showed a lot of promise at uh, at where was he Wake Forest, uh, even being at Wake Forest, I mean, <laughs> not necessarily a football school, <laughs> no, yeah, uh, d- definitely more of a basketball school, but you know, he, I'm a big fan of Jamie Newman. I think similar to someone like a Trey Lance, your concerns are with just how much when he was at Wake Forest, they relied on his mobility over his passing. So he didn't necessarily have that, you know, prototypical like stick in the like there were so many designed runs for him. But when he was throwing the sample size, you know, given a small smaller sample size, it looked really good. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Jamie Newman. I think that really the best option for the Chicago Bears, if we're talking about, and we're going to talk about our like one, two, and three target in a minute, but I think really one of the best options is to go get, I mean, if we could land someone like a Matthew Stafford, that'd be great, but maybe get someone like a Sam Darnold and then hit quarterback again in the, you know, maybe trade like a future two for Darnold. And then you go ahead and you hit quarterback again in like the second or third round and get two quality guys in there. Yeah, and I don't mind that strategy either, to be honest. I think that that could definitely work out. And people forget that you can't actually find a legitimate franchise quarterback outside of the first round. I mean, it definitely happens. And Especially I only asked, in this weird year. This is such a weird year, you know? Yeah, it is a weird year. And it is honestly a really weird year for quarterbacks because I feel like there's some people who are so hot on certain quarterbacks and so not onto others like there's definitely people that think that zach wilson could very much be the best quarterback in this draft class and some people mm-hmm. would call you crazy for making that statement so it, it is very odd and i i just asked you know why the fifth round because i know that right now he's jamie newman's got a decent mid-round draft grade i don't think you'd have to go for him in the That's second surprising. I, think, I think the third it could be a possible place to get him you know maybe you know if he has an extra huge slide maybe maybe the fourth but I, I just know that people are really weighing him not playing this season a lot as to you know mm-hmm. where they're putting his draft stock and you know it's certainly true that players like well Trey Lance played one game so I, I don't even know if you can really count that but players like Zach Wilson Kyle Trask got a massive lift you know playing this year huge um, and lifted them over someone like Jamie Newman that coming into the season his Mac name Jones been, too is you know Jamie Newman coming into the season you know before anyone was playing, people would have said, you know, is one of the probably top three, to at least top five, you know, quarterback options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And really him not playing hurt him that much. Um, Trey Lance obviously only had that one like showcase game, which was really dumb in my opinion. Uh, but <laughs> but we don't really need to talk about that. Uh, Jamie Newman, you know, 
really, really good, good player, makes some mistakes. Uh, someone that I wouldn't be necessarily comfortable with if he's the only option on the team. Uh, but someone that I would feel comfortable with if we, you know, got someone that he can maybe grow and develop behind, you know, maybe get a, if you, get, you know, have an opportunity to grab a veteran quarterback, go with him, add Newman. Uh, that that's a nice little bundle there. Uh, and then one, one last name we'll throw out there. Desmond Ryder, uh, Ritter, sorry, uh, from Cincinnati, uh, you know, shows some positive traits, some good anticipation, but again, kind of a, just like a normal it's kind of weird because I don't want to say like a normal second round pick, but there's 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 plenty of players. He has he shows mobility, um, decent processing. I think that he could be good in this league, uh, but definitely probably my last uh, on this list. I you know I might I would be more happy though if the Bears went with like a Desmond uh, Ritter in the second round than I would be with drafting someone like a Mac Jones in the first round for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I would 100 percent feel the same way. I think that you know. Desmond Ritters may bring up like the same questions as someone like, I don't know, maybe like a Jalen Hurts in the league right now is whether or not their quarterback competency. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, they both kind of have the same dual threat mold. I mean, he has that mobility, but it's going to bring to you kind of that question. So, oh, does he have the right mechanics? You know, that is that fully sound? But, you know, those kind of things tend to get kind of thrown out the window right now because quarterbacks are succeeding in probably the most unconventional ways that I ever have within this league. So, you know, Certainly. the league is changing and, you know, the quarterbacks that are coming in each draft year is shaping the way that the NFL is, you know, changing and the way the offensive coordinators are making their game plans. So sometimes you can't necessarily, you know, the quarterbacks you may have disregarded a couple of years back, you need to give them at least a second glance. And I mean, who, I mean, we're talking about a league where someone like Lamar Jackson can be an actual viable starting quarterback and not just a viable one, but a really good quarterback. I mean, he won the MVP. Uh, so yeah, I mean, guys like Trey Lance, I mean, when you look at Trey Lance, it seems like he has more passing ability than you probably saw at a guy like Lamar Jackson coming out, you know, uh, there, there, there's, there's solid, you know, really, I mean, there's, there's some really solid options that are available for the Chicago Bears. For sure. So why don't we go ahead, uh, Reese? Give me give me your top your top three options: free agency, draft, trade, whatever they are. Uh, they're also realistic. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Trey Lance, and then I'm gonna go number two is uh, Sam Darnold, and I'll probably go Kyle Trask as my three. Okay, Kyle Trask three. I think that I would probably go. You know, number one. It's hard to say that Matthew Matthew Stafford, if he becomes available, is you know obviously my my one, uh, yeah. but I'm gonna say one Zach Wilson, two Trey Lance, three Sam Darnold. So okay. and and then yeah. also also you know throw Jamie Newman in there at four. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be too upset with us go ahead and taking him. So okay, well let's go ahead and just move on. Uh, but before we wrap up the show. We're going to be talking a little bit about some rumors. Uh, This was on our YouTube as well, that the Chicago Bears may in fact be considering a front office reshuffle, even though we made the playoffs this year. And the rumor specifically was related to Chiefs uh, Director of Football Operations, Mike Borgonzi, who Brad Biggs reported uh, is supposedly in the run for the Bears GM job. Uh, and and this came, this came kind of at a weird time. Uh, we heard a lot about Matt Nagy's job security. I think a lot of people assume Ryan Pace might be secure as well. 
Um, but yeah, they, they say that the Bears are connected to Mike Bongozzi. He says he has two separate unrelated sources that have mentioned it to him in the past couple of days. And you know, that'd be that's really interesting. But here's the thing: the Bears aren't necessarily considering getting rid of Ryan Pace, but rather uh they view him as potentially being promoted to actually president. Uh, of the Chicago Bears, as I think our current president, Ted Phillips, is going to end up retiring following this season. Uh, Reese, any, any just initial thoughts on this? We haven't talked about it on the podcast, but we, you know, we talked about it on YouTube for a little bit. Yeah, I think any long-term Bears fan should really be kind of rejoicing at this because I think Ted Phillips has kind of been one of those people that have stuck around a lot of these front office changes. Obviously, that president role is over the general manager and he's been there since at least Jerry Angelo that I know of. Um, uh, that means I don't he really saw, know how long. Saw, saw Phil Emery um, and, of course, into Ryan Pace. He's been around here for quite a while. From what I know, he's not much of a football guy. He's definitely kind of a more of a business-minded president. So I definitely think that having Ryan Pace take that role with his football mind and also what he's learned from that general manager job and bringing in also another person, you know, from the Chiefs to to be general manager. Then, I honestly I'd feel pretty confident with that. I'd definitely be happy with the direction the Bears are heading there. I think Ted Phillips has kind of been a little bit one of those problems that's just set in the front office. Uh, you know, the Bears are a very family-run business, and they you know like to do things a certain way. But I do think that you know Ted Phillips has kind of hampered the progress of this uh, this organization. You know. For at least probably the past couple of decades. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I like, I've made it very clear. I'm a supporter of Ryan Pace. I like Ryan Pace. I think that he has been a good GM for us, truthfully. I think that if he can just find his quarterback, man, I think he's going to look like a really good GM. Like, I think he's going to look like a very, very good GM. If he can just, you know, after enough chances, just finally hit on it. You know, it's, it's one of those, it is, finding a good quarterback is kind of one of those things where it's like, you just kind of got to, keep taking shots at it until you you hit it and in my yeah. opinion it truthfully in my opinion the bears don't take enough shots and that's why we don't get any quarterbacks is we don't really try to get quarterbacks i feel like the so, last time we drafted a quarterback was trubisky and that's an issue yeah that's the only one ryan pace has ever drafted is mitchell trubisky uh they've done things like Simon mike glennon and nick Foles, but those are never really long-term solutions and the bears organization don't view them as that as that either really and really i mean geez one before that the last quarterback they drafted in the first round before trubisky was what grossman it has to be right i don't even know if they, they draft grossman in the first round i don't know enough about I, him i i believe yeah i believe he was a first round pick and i think that was the last first round quarterback uh the chicago bears drafted um <laughs> Oh, Which is insane. That, that's yeah. insane. Some of these teams are... I mean, look at the Arizona Cardinals took two in the first round right after each other because they just didn't feel confident with their guy. Uh, and that's, you know, we're kind of hitting that era where that's kind of what you need to do. You just need to you need to keep... As dumb as it sounds, you know, I know there's players that you miss on when you do that, but that position is just so important that it's worth doing it. You know, it's, it's not a... It's not crazy to think that you draft. If, for instance, if the Bears go ahead and they draft, you know, Trey Lance, he's just absolutely awful for an entire year. I would want them to draft a quarterback after that. And 
You know, I, I really think that maybe we would have done it a year early if we didn't trade away the picks for Khalil Mack, but the Bears need to be more on top of this whole draft and a quarterback thing because that's how you get good quarterbacks. You don't really get good quarterbacks in free agency. At least most people don't. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that, that the Bears certainly need to, but bringing a guy on board to kind of help specialize in that drafting of the quarterback position would really help this team. I think, you know, Ryan Pace, maybe he can't do it. Maybe he just got unlucky. But at the end of the day, getting more hands on deck to kind of figure this position out that we've had trouble with, I think is a whole beneficial thing. It could be the best of both worlds. Not only could we have Ryan Pace, but we could also have, you know, another high level executive in the NFL currently. And why wouldn't you want that? You know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And Honestly, the, the whole quarterback position, I mean, it's it's going to define the future of this team. I mean, it's the reason why you and I hit on it so much. I mean, we talk about the quarterback position every show. And basically for, <laughs> you know, what, since April, we've been talking about what quarterbacks they could possibly get in this next offseason. Mm-hmm. It's huge. We can't really emphasize how big of a deal this is. I mean, nothing really even more so than the head coach position at this point, I'd say really defines the success of this team more than who is going to be this next quarterback for the bears. I agree. You know, I think that this is the most important draft for the Chicago bears in a very, very long time, like a very long time. And there a big reason why I do think we are going to draft a quarterback and why it makes sense to reshuffle the front office before you do that, to kind of figure that shit out. Uh, a lot of that is because our, we just don't really have a future right now. And like we do have players, you know, we do have players that, you know, bring us a lot of hope and like guys like Bilal Nichols, Roquan Smith. I mean, geez, if we wanted to trade Roquan Smith, we'd probably get two first round picks right now, which is insane to think about. Uh, we have Eddie Jackson, who's young. We have, you know, just a lot of young talent scattered across the board. Eddie Goldman's only 25. Um, you know, Sam Mustafer now on the offensive line, James Daniels, like Alex Bars, young guys, Cody Whitehair, young guys, you know, that really are good at what they do and good foundational building blocks. We have that pipeline going. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a future. And so until we get a young quarterback that this team feels really good about, and I don't care if we waste three first round picks, I don't care if we waste four first round picks. All I care about is that this team gets a quarterback because also truthfully, I feel like even if we, you know, traded up a bunch of our draft capital, Ryan Pace has been a better GM out of the first round anyways. So like, I mean, it, 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 does it really matter? Truthfully? Not really, you know? So that's just some of my thoughts about it. No, I I feel the same way, and yeah, right. Give Ryan Pace, you know, a bunch of fourth round draft picks, and it'll get you a Hall of Fame team. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what it seems like. So, one Man, of my I, one of my the the one of my buddies who I was watching the uh, the last game with Zach. If I don't know if he listens to this or not, Zach. He uh, <laughs> he he told me, you know, he said he truthfully believes that the Chicago Bears should literally trade all of their first rounds back into into mid-round picks and just get the most mid-round picks possible and ryan pace will hit and i was like you know what history backs you up on that 
That's what it seems like, right? I mean, he is very good at picking out players from about rounds. I don't know. Well, I mean, he did really good in the second round, but I'd say normally rounds like three through five is where he finds mm-hmm. his gold. Yeah. yeah, definitely so, definitely so. But yeah, guys, I mean, I think that's about it. Uh, obviously, we'll have our reaction podcast after this playoff game. Hopefully, we win. Um, you know, it, it's a it's an important game for this team, but really, it's going to help us kind of you know, even if we lose, we're going to get a lot more clarity as far as this organization. If anybody's going to get fired, uh, what's the situation in regards to that? It's going to be really interesting for this team. Uh, and we should have a lot of excitement uh, regardless of the outcome uh, this coming Sunday. Yep, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, go Bears. Uh, we'll see if they can beat the Saints at, you know, kick us at 340 Central Time. And uh, bear down. Bear down, guys. Have a good one.